This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. In 2008, a podcast was created with one goal. To bring Bat fans around the world news related to movies, comics, video games, television, merchandise, and so much more. And now, the Batman Universe Podcast has returned. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest TVU podcast. Today, we have a very special interview. Um, this one is with uh, Carl Newman, who is a movement double as Batman for the Batman 1989 film. So without further ado, I'm going to throw over to Scott for this special interview. This is Scott with the Batman Universe podcast, and today I am joined by a very special guest. With me is a man who helped bring Batman to life and set the standard for how superheroes save the day in style. He's Don the Cape and Cowl, performing as Michael Keaton's movement double in Batman 1989 and lending his hero's chin to the Cape Crusader. I'd like to welcome Mr. Carl Newman. Thank you for joining me. You know, it's a pleasure to have you and I'm excited to talk to you because, you know, I'm sure as you've probably seen over the years, you know, your work has had a monumental impact from, you know, iconic shots helping to define the look and feel of these movies and, you know, Batman 89 was a launching point for, you know, both more Batman movies to come as well as, you know, other superhero films. So it's kind of a landmark movie in that arena. Hello, Scott, and thank you for inviting me on onto this podcast. And uh, yes, it, it really was an incredible opportunity for me being a professional dancer, as I was then, getting the nod to, to go into Pinewood after an initial meeting with uh, first uh, assistant director, Derek Cracknell. And then I went into Pinewood and really donned the cape and the cowl, as, as you said, and uh, got to meet Tim, which was an incredible uh, experience in itself, and then showed him what I could do in that moment, which will live with me forever. But um, it was a case of I, I just met him, and then 11 weeks later the movie and, and there I am it's it's I mean all these sort of iconic scenes it's quite incredible really it is um you know and I want to get into that but you for our listeners who don't know before we get too far into Batman I kind of want to highlight you know how you found yourself donning the cape and cowl like for our listeners who may not know you know you came from a dancing background you're a professional dancer could you tell us more about that Yes, well, I, I had a, a kind of a unique um, sort of depth, if you like, really, because I was a drummer. I, I was uh, very interested and still am in music and, and follow a lot of my favourite drummers. The drumming took me into dancing because um, I was into Gene Kelly and Fred Astaire, all those greats, um, 
Michael Jackson, of course. And I was actually playing the drums for a dancing school. And that gave me um, a sort of a, a jump into doing more dance. Um, they invited me to their school and I was doing modern and tap with them. And then it progressed from there. Um, but also in my in my armory, if you like, was that I was so sporty. So I was very sporty at school. I, I did weight training, weight lifting, a lot of athletics. So I think my edge, if you like, with being chosen was the fact that I was very all round, because the stunt guys were very very good. And initially it was it was Sean to begin with, and then I came in, and then Dave Lee, but. They, they were very good at what they did, but they lacked also the elegance, the grace, the fluidity on other key sequences. And I think because I'd had this all-round background, I'd done athletics, running, jumping, all of these things added, um, I took that with me. You never lose anything. And then I went to a fantastic school that did classical and contemporary ballet. And I was one of a few guys doing it then, you know, which was, was really, really special. So it got more attention. Um, and then a lot of my friends were going off and auditioning for full-time courses in London, especially. And I decided, yes, this is really what I want to do. So I got into a very, very good all-round sort of stage school. We did uh, singing and acting as well. I was very keen on acting. Um, and then... As I say, I did everything in dance. I, I did the part of der in, in classical ballet and jazz, jazz, uh, modern, tap, national, everything. So it was just, it set me in good stead, if you like, for having a career in the arts. And then I went off and I did all manner of things. In, in fact, I was very, very close to another big movie. I can't remember the name, but they needed some really good movement and this was a guy that was choreographing this particular film i believe he'd been in uh, a company of wolves or something like that funny enough he was a, an ex-ballet dancer and turned actor and i auditioned for him and it was between me and another guy and i think that would have been a great film because you know there's a lot of athletic incredible kind of movements that were required so really what's interesting is that because that one didn't happen it, it this is the thing about performing isn't it you can never give in you've got to just keep going because you might get a rejection or a close call but then something is there waiting for you and then lo and behold batman was there um I, I got to Pinewood. I didn't finish the story, but I, I met the wardrobe team who were fantastic and we became very good friends. And they got me all dressed in, in the whole suit, which was fantastic. And I was running up and down the corridors just sort of trying to practice how Batman would be. I, I was limited with, with room in, in the wardrobe department, but I could go down these corridors at Pinewood and sort of perfects and moves, and then it just progressed from there. Did you, you know, when it came to, you know, you're talking about running up and down the corridors as Batman and everything, <laughs> did you have kind of a template in mind, or was it kind of just, you know, as you're donning the cape and cowl, you're kind of 
you know, creating how this character you think would move based on, you know, what you have, you know, at your disposal? Yes, I think I I kind of took everything on board because, you know, like a magpie, we, we, we take from different things throughout our lives. Or oh, it's nice if we can do that. And what I did, I'd seen uh, The Phantom of the Opera, which I know influenced Jack uh, with that key scene in uh, The Bell Tower. But I'd taken on, if you like, all these different things throughout my journey through my life of, of seeing things like The Phantom. I know the Adam West was a totally different thing, but I, if you like, I had in, envisaged what what it would look like in a, in a great sense, you know, that it needed all these facets, you know, multifaceted um, character. And so I knew that through my ballet training, you know, we did all these wonderful arm movements, etc., and also through jazz, I knew that I could bring some fluidity and, and elegance and a lovely feel to that. Because, you know, I was, I was known for... The, the sort of back turn and, and uh, swishing the cape that that I mean people are still trying to do it we can't do it like you but they they were just things that came to me but also I was fortunate that I worked with um, one of the Batsuit Wranglers William Todd Jones who had done various things as well and he showed me things but I, I think I had a lot of arsenal there if you like I had a lot within me that that knew what I foresaw for this character. Nice. Um, how did you, you know, end up auditioning for the role? Yeah, well, it's it's kind of surreal. And when you when you look at back look back at these documentaries and, and find out more, I, I'd been working in various um, facets of the media. I, I was fortunate that I worked in everything. I did t- a lot of television, other films, videos as they were then, theatre big shows that went abroad to launch cars and things like that. And literally one day through my agent, they just said, look, Carl, they're looking for someone who can bring this grace and elegance to Batman. Um, to put you forward. They want to see you at Pinewood. And I met Derek and everything seemed to go well. And then I left and I didn't hear anything for several weeks. And I was actually rooming with some students that were also doing dance, you know, guys and girls that were all, all training at different colleges. And I was rooming with them. And I literally got this call one night, Carl, we'd love to see you again. Can you come and put the suit on and uh, show us what you can do? So that you can imagine, I couldn't get there quick enough to find the <laughs> studios. But the funny thing was, though, Scott, that I also had been doing some other work there. I'd, I'd worked on another film and I'd done some um, walling dancing and I'd worked on something else. And one of my fellow dancers said, um, you know, they're doing Batman here. I'm sure I've seen Jerry Hall. Um, you know, that was incredibly exciting. So. How coincidental that I'd be back there actually doing it, you know, and, and showing them what I could do and, and adding adding those um, sequences for them, which is just surreal, really. 
in a weird way, you know, you talking about it and, you know, framing it that way, it's almost like foreshadowing, you know, this kind of yes. atmosphere of setting the ground of, <laughs> hey, they're filming this movie here. And then lo and behold, here I am. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Or> me. <laughs> that's cool. And that's, that's awesome. Um, you know, so when you got the phone call, you know, to Don the Cape and Cowell and you brought your skills to Pinewood and, you know, you gave fan- Batman, you know, some fantastic iconic movements, you know, that we've mentioned a little bit and go into a little more, you know, yes. I wanted to, for our listeners kind of just run through a couple highlights, you know, yes, just to, you know, to give them a short list, you know, and we'll probably jump <laughs> into them is, you know, yes. the towering over the muggers and the opening sequence, you oh, know, yeah. quick turn in front of the iconic access chemical sign, you know, yes. leaping into the Batmobile outside the Flugelheim Museum the cathedral scene, which there's a lot there, you're kind of peppered throughout. And, yes. um, you know, the finale of standing beneath the bat signal in the final, you know, moments, you know, and I understand, you know, in all these sequences, you know, and kind of we've touched upon this a little bit that the director is, you know, is always looking for certain movements or they have an idea in mind. But, yes, you know, how did you approach, you know, interpreting it and crafting, you know, these mo movements and making them uh, your own, you know, because there's an elegance to it, you know, as we touched on. So, yeah, well, I think I'm I'm a real perfectionist anyway. And and you you trained for um, I didn't start ballet or anything from a very, very young age. It it doesn't matter. You know, you have people that, that start later. It's how they discipline themselves and how they're focused and dedicate themselves to to whatever it is. Um, I think for me, I, I was able to think quickly. Um, Tim also had his ideas of, of what he wanted. Um, but I had, you know, really, not, not everybody's the same, but I, I'm really a masochist when it comes to, to doing something to get it right and, and to keep going over and over if you like and, and breaking it down also um and, and i'll do that for you with i mean what was fortunate for me as well was that when i was at pinewood i had chance to actually watch a lot of the scenes and action unfolding before my eyes because initially you know we know with filming it, it's it's very long it's very perfectionate you know they have to set things up all the various elements if you like but I was there and I was able to watch and get a really good feel of the sets and also because I was doing a lot of the publicity photography for the press department that gave me a double edge if you like because I I could even get the suit on more so um you know and pose on the cathedral steps or or wherever it might be you know so that gave me chance to really live in that suit um you know i could practice with the cape outside not having anyone necessarily well they'd be watching me to photograph me but there there wouldn't be quite the pressure on like when you're filming you know because then lights camera action everything's going and you want to do it perfect from the off Um, but yes like you've alluded to there with the very first scene I'd never been on on Kirby Wise before, 
So that was really incredibly exciting. And you, you find a lot of dancers can do these kind of things because, you know, any chance to fly, if you like, have yeah. that Peter Pan feeling is, is magical. <laughs> um, but I got I got literally the harness on and then, you know, the wires were there and I, I could see what was going on. And the guys were winching me up, these two guys, and got me up to quite a height. And then it was that case of getting the timing because they had to lower me at the right speed, the right angle. I needed to get a feel for, for when I landed, you know, because it's not just like landing where you're jumping from a small ledge and then, you know, you're getting a feel. When you're actually being physically lowered, you know, you need to get a feel of, of how your arms and how your legs are. And that, that was just incredible to, to be able to, to have that facility, if you like. And you know, that, that was something I loved doing because, again, jumping, I used to do a lot of long jump, a bit of triple jump, but I, I got a feel and how you can soften the knees. And also people don't realise, you know, that you can actually, you need to point your feet because otherwise it's very ugly, you know, coming down with what they call sickled feet or, or you know, feet that are not looking very elegant. All these things have to be thought about. Um, that was a lovely scene to do. And then I got that other scene straight after, which is where you see me with the cameras pointing up and, and you see me and then I open the cage and then jump down. And that was that was quite a good height that I did that. I practiced that. Tim showed me what he wanted. You got that lovely feeling with the arms opening the cape. And then also jumping down and not being conscious of, you know, crumpling or whatever. You, you literally just did it as though you were, were just flying. Um, and then I had the crash mats and everything below me some distance down but still you know, you just give everything and you know to the camera and then you can just crumple at the end <laughs> or, or land the, the way you should do when the cameras are off you but what was what was very sad as well was that I had another scene after that so you would have seen me in in three major scenes there which is where I was between the gargoyles on on the top of uh, Gotham Cathedral and then I was doing this wonderful position, um, you know, where when the camera panned up, there was kind of this feeling, is that a gargoyle or is that Batman? And, and then I did these minimal movements, just turning my head and my shoulders or my back, but keeping a lovely symmetry, a lovely silhouette. Um, they decided to um, delete that one. But... I, I was so fortunate, the variety of, of things. I mean, perfecting the the leap into the into the Batmobile because, you know, people have said, how how on earth did you do it? It's, it's hard enough just getting in <laughs> normally, but to, to slide in the way you did. And I, I adopted, because also I'd done some kind of gymnastic moves or, watched things uh, throughout my life and, and knew that you needed to get momentum. You needed to glue the legs together to sort of whip yourself in. And I just, you know, just broke it all down, knew that if, if I if I could get that momentum and then I would literally 
zip the cape, flip the cape back with one hand so that that didn't prevent me sliding in. You know, there were all things, it's like kind of independence, really, knowing that you can sort of separate your limbs and, and do these different things. Uh, and then that was practiced to get that so that it worked the way it did. I mean, I did so much more as well. I mean, there was inserts that I did. There was inserts in the back wing as well that I did. You realise that the actor can't be there the whole time. He doesn't want to do things like that. There's no real need. So I did a lot of inserts in the back wing. I also was a mime advisor to the goons because that, that key, key scene, the Vinnie Ricorso scene, Tim wanted this uh, with, with the goons to do these different kind of mime movements. So I took them off to a mirrored studio. And again, I'd, I'd watched things previously and all the different things were coming into fashion, you know, the sort of the robotics and the different mime. I'd seen Marcel Marceau perform live. Um, we had a mime teacher at college who studied in Paris. Uh, he taught us to do various things. Th these were very over-the-top movements, so they, they were not, you know, like like Chaplin or, or sort of Buster Keaton or, or uh, Marcel Marceau, but but they had an element, if you like, and I just we made it over the top, pulling the rope or or walking or, or um, skating, whatever it might be. Um, I mean, I can elaborate more on the other scenes if, if you'd like me to. I had the mime question actually a little later down, but I oh okay, oh no worries. Uh, but I did want to touch on that opening because you know. When you watch it and, you know, well, anybody watching it, you know, there's a lot of things going on there. Like there's, it's for, you know, you had the show in the 60s and then there was, you know, over a decade of, you know, nothing, you know, on the screen. And so for it's, a lot of people is either a reintroduction to Batman or, you know, their first introduction to the character. So it's kind of, you know, in that angle, you know, it's kind of what defines the character in the matter of, you know, just a couple of moments, you know, and so your movements descending down, you know, raising the cape and everything like that's, you know, for a lot of people, that's their first, that's their vision of the character. And so I was just wondering, you know, is that something, you know, you reflect on where, you know, that was, <laughs> yes, <laughs> this is their big, you know, this is how they see the character right off the bat, their first viewing. Yes. Well, I, I, I think what was just so amazing for me, having had these opportunities to, to speak to the fans and, and various people and do these podcasts, is that a lot of people said when they saw that in the theatre that that was just like the whole theatre erupted. It was like, wow, that that is just amazing. And and I think for me, it just blows, blows my mind because, you know, I um, I, I just... I'm just a professional, you know, through and through, and I, I focus on on everything and giving my heart, put my heart and soul into it. And, and you don't always get caught up in it totally, you know. You mm -hmm. you you're not oblivious, but but you're you're going from the next thing, and, and you're in the zone if you like. And then it's it's more so, and, and definitely more so now that because I've heard so much more from from people, it's like. I mean Johnny um, Johnny Kay, who, who did the Batman fan film The Oath. I mean he he said it's his favourite scene 
in in the movie, which is quite incredible, really. Um, and I'd say a lot of fans have reached out and said that was just mind blowing when when that happened. You know, because you know that that lovely silhouette and, and just everything being so soft and, and elegant and, and that lovely landing, and it created this this menace, didn't it? This this kind of power, you know, just just literally from that, it was like wow. He's, he's here, you know, it, it's just just fantastic. So, yeah, I, I, I'm i just thrilled because to get the opening shot like that, it, it, it means so much really because, like you've said, it is, the, it is the very first sighting of Batman. We had the animation, uh, which we know is not, yeah. not really <laughs> human, but, um, you know, that, that was the first real human sighting, if you like, of the bat, so it was yeah. fantastic. And then, you know, you said you were doing a lot of jumping and leaping for the filming of that. Like, I have to ask, like, was that hard on your knees? You know, was that, I know you're you're very athletic and, you know, you have the rhythm and the athleticism, but after a while, I imagine, you know, depending on how many takes you had to do, was that? I think there was quite a few, to be honest, on that yeah. one, because as there is on, on anything, it has to be right. I mean, they, they probably can feel that, if something is so solid and right from say six takes, then that's fine. They'll 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 use that. But I think with this one, it was so key with the speed, the angle, everything just right. And yes, it's so physical because you're actually it's your body weight that is um, suspended, and with that harness on it, it is. It's, it's comfortable, but you can imagine after a while, because you might be waiting as well for the the atmosphere, you know, if there's any dry ice or the lighting or whatever else for the technical side, and they were brilliant. But there's a lot of waiting, and it's quite um, physical on your, on your back as well, because you, you literally are suspended um, in, in midair and then lowered. And so you're waiting, and yes, repetition is is very um, grueling in that sense. Yes, on on your knees and on on your back, um, they're the key areas for for anyone, but also for a dancer because they're the joints that get the most kind of <clears throat> pressure. Excuse me, and and um, but again, um, I I just you block it out. You don't even think about it. You're you're just really caught up in that whole excitement, that, that vibe of, of Batman and being there. And, um, yeah, I just wasn't even thinking. <laughs> I would Was have the, done it another 20 times if, if needed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a, it's, a, it's a cool thing to put on your resume just to say, hey, I was, you know, I, I am Batman. <laughs> <laughs> So um, it was just amazing. It really was. So. When, when it comes to the suit, you know, there have been, you know, some features and interviews and, you know, over the years, just in relation to that suit and, you know, other incarnations of the suit that sometimes they're difficult to work with. Did you, you know, what challenges did you have working with the bat suit? Yeah, I think, you know, th there was a, a very much um, a process and, and a, ritual almost that for getting ready in in the suit and i think you know because the um, 
the actual cape located there was there was a fixing plate underneath if you like and and then when the cape was fixed it was secured in the center of the chest you know underneath the the insignia plate the chest plate but i think what was probably the most challenging thing was actually when the cow was was pulled down really tight and then that was glued on to the cape some people seem to think it may have been uh, all in one or didn't realize how tight that was because that was pulled down tight as i say and again dancers are very very used to wearing all kinds of, of costumes they might have something that's very very fitted it might be a military or a period costume which i've worn before for various things um you know you just you just get very used to, to that you know whatever they need so long as you can still move a bit you need to have a movement there but you, you were very used to, to to wearing different costumes so really when when the batman costume was on i didn't think oh my word i can't i can't do anything i can't perform i just felt kind of invincible in a way it just felt amazing to have that whole you know suit together all the different components you know the utility belt everything it, it was just incredible and i think because I've got such an amazing team behind me with all of the lovely wardrobe people and the Batsuit Wranglers, and they always made sure that, as they had to, you know, everything had to be perfect. And if it needed dulling down or maybe highlighting a bit more, they had all the various sprays and things. But, yeah, I, I just thought, bring it on. You know, I, I just, yes, I knew, I knew it was... Uh, I knew it was restricting and, and cumbersome, but I didn't let it impede me. I, I didn't let it prevent me. So really I could move my arms really well and I could move the cape really well and I would do things with my head and I would do some mobility exercises before. And I've, I've said that to cosplayers and various people, make sure you do a good warm up before you put the suit on, get that nice feeling in your joints and things, you know, you feel supple. Um, it'll it'll help the suit, it'll help you with movements. And, and that's what I did. And, um, yeah, I, I didn't feel in the slightest that it would stop me doing what I needed to do. The, the only big worry for me was when I did the Axis Chemical uh, rooftop run because... As we know, I was a movement double. I I didn't get um, credited with a with a stunt uh, double uh, name, if you like, tag. I I was the movement double, but I did I did verge into stunt territory on that particular run because that there was no safety measures, and also it was very very dangerous with the height the roof was wet it was windy there was cables everywhere and i had to run you don't really see it because you see me running almost it feels as though it's a um a sideways run but in actual fact i was running from further back much further back and then i sort of came in to frame and i was very very close to the edge that this was the thing and that was peter mcdonald that was uh directing that particular scene and I, I was thinking 
hang on a minute, you know, this this is me up here. This is this is a living person. It, it's you know, if I slipped, that would have been that yeah. would have been it. So really, I did verge into stunt territory on on that particular scene. But I was very proud of that because. Yes, you, you're not going to throw yourself off, but also you have to make that sequence work. It has to be effective. It has to look theatrical. Is what they wanted. They wanted that lovely cape pop, if you like that that swirl, which I which I created. And uh, I was very very proud of actually being able to do that and to be able to do it safely as well, without any safety measures. So, well, it's I mean- incredible it looks like it comes straight out of a comic panel. You know, you got the, the lighting, you know, the neon lights and it's dark and yeah, you have the Cape swoosh that you did, you know, and it's just, it looks like, you know, if like, well, I guess I would just say art, you know, would be the word thank I would you. use no, thank you. because, because you know, it fits that image of, you know, just the whole aesthetic of what, you know, the film is about. Uh, yes, it, it's, it's, it's amazing because, um, as I say, with with the stunt guys, you know they were they were brilliant, and I think some of some of Sean's uh, sequences where he comes crashing through into the museum and does that lovely uh, carry through with Vicky Vale, you know, he, he did some great things. But I think it's one of those weird things, really, Scott, where they, you know, people have said to me, "Why didn't you do this?" and "Why didn't you do that?" and and I used to say, "Well, I could have I could have done that." I think it's just that. The politics in movies is that you respect everybody's position and the stunt coordinator. You know, he, he's got what he wants to do and he's got his guy or guys under that banner. And you, and you respect that. And, and it's, it's, I think it was a case of they, they wanted to, as with Michael, and I think there were some things I could have done better for Michael because like the run where he jumps out of the Batmobile and runs down the alleyway with, with Vicky, I, I know people have said to me, it's, it's a little bit sort of um, jarring, you know, it's sort of, you know, it's not as fluid. And, and I know I could have done that probably more smooth, but you, you respected the fact that Tim wanted to give Michael these sequences and he wanted to make it fair with, you know the main main stunt guy, which was Sean uh, at the beginning, um, and and then that's fair. And you, you're just very very happy. You know, I'm very very happy with what I was given. You um, mustn't be greedy and say, "Oh, we want more and more." Of course, that that's a natural tendency. But I, I was very very happy to have, you know, really the shots that I had, and also to do that publicity because I think there was a a mystique and also um, people saw my picture in magazines and thought it was Michael, you know, that they, it was the certain ones. I mean, we've got totally different mouths and, and face, facial shapes, but that there seemed to be this, this feeling that, oh, it must be Michael that's done all this publicity, but it, it was me, you know, as well. I, I was in a lot of these other magazines around, around the world which was which was terribly exciting and to work with her Brits who was a photographer I was enamored with I'd, I'd loved his work and I'd been to one of his exhibitions in London and it blew me away and then the next thing I'm working with him it's against another surreal moment 
because he's one of those greats that really set the bar so high and then there was other people that have come after him like Annie Leibovitz and uh, whatever it's just amazing so yeah I think it's it's sharing these things out which you understand and uh, knowing that you brought your own skill set and quality to the character of Batman yeah absolutely you know and and one of the things I wanted to circle back on was you know, we talked about it a little bit just now, but the cape, you know, and how you work with it, you know, and something I feel like a lot of people probably take for granted now, you know, just because, you know, whatever reason. But, um, you know, if you look at like Batman media over the years, you know, it, it couldn't have been easy. You know, you go back to, let's just say the beginning of like bat- serialized Batman on the screen, you know, the 1943 yes. serial. And it's kind yes. of funny to watch because, you know, constantly his cape is getting caught in his arm every time he goes to throw a punch or perform some <laughs> kind of, you know, action, you know, and that's yes. just something they dealt with. But, you know, on the screen, your movements, you know, there's they look very fluid and effortless. And, you know, I just wanted to ask how challenging it was to work with the cape. Yeah, well, it is it is a big thing as well. You know, there's there's a lot of. Uh material fabric there you know well we know it's it's rubber but it's a it's a lot to work with that whole span if you like of, of the cave um i just it, it was amazing i think without sounding anything other than, than being natural but i i just it just seemed to work with me it, it just seemed to be very natural i think because I'd always use my arms a lot in in my dance, and also I, I used to do yoga and, and I did some karate, and, and I'd always had a good strength in my arms, and I'd, and also a fluidity. They, they were very very supple, and that sounds funny to say that, but they are. I mean, I, I used to do some kind of challenging things in the gym where I used to be on these, they were like chinning bars, but I used to turn myself sort of upside down in a way or inside out. I used to bring my legs over and then just sort of hang. And and I had a lot of flexibility in my shoulders as well as as strength from years of doing lots of exercise and training. But I think it just felt very natural. It It was challenging, yes, because, you know, you wanted it to be so fluid. But I think... It seemed to be something that was within me, that, that was there that I I could I could bring to the fore. I, I, I could showcase that, if you like. I, I, I don't want to sound that pompous in any way because it's not. But it, it 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 was just it felt it felt very natural to work with that cape. It, it, it's um, you know like Zorro or, or uh, all these other these kind of characters um i just think i love the theatricality and, and it was it was so fantastic to be able to be given the opportunity because you can work on a lot of projects and, and there can be limitations there and sometimes people can take over with what they want but i think what was so amazing about tim as a director uh, we we knew he was. It was as though he was from another planet in the sense that he he, he was so incredibly uh, 
intuitive and, and in touch with what was needed and, and he seemed to see everything. But he, he also encouraged that within you as well. He, he knew what he wanted, but yet he gave you some freedom as well. And, and I think it just developed you even more as a performer to have someone as amazing as him, because he, he really was. He was just a fantastic guy to work with. Oh, that's the, the mark of a good director or, you know, anyone really kind of managing a project to kind of cultivate that and bring that out of people and let them yeah. add their but own. You, but, you know, the thing is that there are a lot of egos and things as well flying around that, or can be flying around. I mean, I've, I've worked on things where there's, there's been a tough kind of energy uh, and things, but th there was none of that. He was just incredible. I know it was such a massive undertaking for him, but but he had it. He had it all there. I mean, he he was the perfect one to be given that opportunity, like he was. Um, he was. He still is. I mean, he's just such an incredible talent. But yeah, they were all such wonderful people. Like I, I loved the whole experience. It was like we were a family, quite honestly. Um, the crew, you could have a laugh. You know, there was that English banter going on because with it being made in England, there's a certain kind of humour there. And uh, we, we all just we all just meshed together. It was absolutely wonderful. Uh, and to have such a brilliant American cast like, you know, Jack and, and uh, obviously Michael and Kim and all the rest just fantastic people. They're all also lovely. You know, online you go by the name Ballet Bat, which you know, if I remember right, was anointed to you by Jack Nicholson. You know, I wanted to ask yeah. how was your experience on set with Jack and Michael and, oh. you know, for that matter, you know, Kim Basinger too, if you wanted to elaborate. Oh, they they were all so amazing. I, I think one of the one of the toughest things initially was that there wasn't the communication between people. And that that may have been because this was such a massive movie. <clears throat> there was so much kind of there, if you like, with all these great stars and, and all the wonderful elements. You know, you've got that brilliant design from Anton first, you've got Bob Ringwood, et cetera, et cetera. But Sometimes things were not really communicated very, very well. And Kim Kim didn't really know about me initially, which was a real shame. I'd asked um, Jack's dresser if he could introduce us, and because uh, I'm not one of those to be forceful and, and be in people's faces. I, I like to respect their space and do things organically. So I, I thought it would be nice if, if there was this lovely introduction from someone like him, and I could just say, oh, hi, Jack, I'm, I'm helping here. I'm going to be doing movements and things. But it, it, did, it did happen, and I think bit by bit, Michael, it was always there, and like with Jack, um, it's absolutely fantastic. And I used to watch him on scenes and sequences and see how brilliant he was in the flesh. But but he he got to nerve me. And when when I know I did that bell tower sequence and, and it was that uh, stalking the, the Joker, um, 
you know, there were some breaks there. I mean, sometimes I've looked at these stills and, and thinking, you know, it's Michael, but I, I, there was moments where I was also there and I was perhaps having some water because it was very, very hot when you were doing lots of takes and filming. You can imagine you were getting quite stifled in the suit and then doing all these different things. But he, he was just so fantastic. And that I think that's really where it, it came from, that, that he, he had that name for me. Then that crossed over with Michael. And then also Jack used this phrase of bat ballet, which, which I also loved. Um, once Kim got to know and see me more, because I did a, a sequence with her getting out of the Batmobile in the in the um, Batcave. And so I get out and I walk with her quite a, a lot throughout the labyrinth of the Batcave. I mean, she was, she was just fantastic. She really was. And when I managed to get a, a photograph, a couple of photographs from her at, at the end, you know, th this was someone I used to drool over as, you know, growing <laughs> up, you know, seeing her... Um, you know, in, in nine and a half weeks and, and various other things, but but just thinking how beautiful she was. And then when she put, you make a beautiful Batman, I was just almost, she could have knocked me down with a feather, really. But um, she, she was so lovely. She really was so lovely. And Michael as well. Um, there was never any like, spikiness or, or any kind of, problem we, we just I mean I, I did go to a fantastic party social event with um with Michael Michael was there and uh, Jack was I'm sure Jack was there but everybody just you know not only respected one another but were very supportive and, and friendly and accommodating as, as well um, I, I just can't speak highly of them enough all of them absolutely amazing people I think what was sad for me in an, on another occasion was that I I turned up in the studio where the Batwing was housed and I was going to be do, doing some more pickup shots. And then that's where I met Prince. Prince happened to be there. He'd come in. And he was another one. I'd, we'd used a lot of his music at college for, for various routines. And I was so aware of his skill, his talents. And... Um, I really wanted to just have a little bit of a chat with him. Um, you know, I wasn't going to do the predictable kind of stuff, but I, but I wanted to touch on how amazing the design and the whole feel. But he just didn't feel, it felt that he just didn't want to contribute in that way. So I, I just respected him. Um, just to be in very close proximity with him was, was uh, mind-blowing in its own way. But, um, you know, there, were, there was all these amazing things that were that were going on at Pinewood, all the, the amazing stars and celebrities that were clamouring to, and, and had, for much of a better word, they'd managed to get in and, and see various things or talk to, to various people. Uh, the hype was so massive. I remember one time, because Pinewood is so amazing, and I got a bit of downtime, I wasn't needed, and I just started to walk around part of Pinewood, and then Timothy Dalton is just walking along, 
and then Cubby Broccoli is just in, in his Rolls Royce, uh, just swinging round. And it was just amazing that the talent uh, and, and the people about, and that's history that we know from Pinewood, all the great movies that have been made there and are subsequently being made. It's kind of it's interesting to hear just you know just because getting to the point of making that movie you know it's kind of been or it's been documented that it was kind of a struggle to get the studio at first to invest in you know making another yeah. Batman movie and to hear that like you know the hype and you know people you know go in the Pinewood to try to see what they can or sneak what they can and and you know yes. see what's going on it's just kind of fascinating but it sounds like it was just overall just this amazing dreamlike really experience yeah it really was it was um the sad thing for me was that i had a camera that that i'd managed to get some amazing shots around you know which would have been incredible now and i you can imagine you know, when you've got a Batman costume or if, if you're moving around, I used to move around quite a lot and go to to the makeup department. And it's not, not the makeup that you assume. It, it's things for, for just shopping the, stopping the shine on your face and then when you had your eyes blackened, you know, to put the cowl on. But I, I happened to just leave my camera or it got stolen, which was a real sad thing. But... Yeah, just just the hype, just the everything going on. And when I was asked to be part of the making of a hero documentary, uh, and th there was people around, and they they wanted to to meet you or have a photograph taken with you, it was just incredible. It really was, and, and uh, just hearing about things throughout, knowing, you know, I think Terry Gilliam, you know, the fantastic director as well the monty python uh, annie lennox you know all the all these different uh high caliber stars and, and people that that had managed to get a piece of of batman um it was it was like nothing else really was it, it just had everything and then to do the photographs as i say uh i was given i was given one of the chest plates by john evans in the special effects and then jack the cast and crew, one of the jackets uh, modelled on the goon jacket, all, all these various things. There was other things. As people say, oh, did, didn't you get a suit or didn't you get a cow? But it wasn't that time. You, you just you couldn't do that. You, you yeah. were just doing professional everything thoroughly. You just need, didn't even entertain your, enter your mind about, about having costume but I, I know Bob Ringwood was going to give me a really beautiful Batman picture and then it never happened you know with sort of logistics or timings and things but it, it didn't really matter I mean yes it's, it's a real shame that it didn't really matter because just that whole experience will, will just live with me forever as you can imagine it's here we are now what 34 years later and it still, still yeah. resonates so <laughs> so much doesn't it yeah and i wanted to circle back and ask about you know the herb ricks photography and just you know you touched on it earlier but i wanted to ask how that came about yeah with that you can imagine i i just would so um 
keen to do something like that in in my life you, you dream of doing something like i loved all those fantastic american photographers yeah there's been some amazing british ones as well but i love bruce weber i was aware of what he was doing with the calvin klein and all these other things that were going on and then seeing herb's work oh wow just what he was doing with the supermodels and and the various things his brain his imagination just just so incredible and i i couldn't believe it because i got told that carl that you know I'd love to do some shots with you, with her. I, I couldn't believe, I really could not believe it because, say, he, he was a real sort of name and, and hero, if you like, in that world to be given that opportunity with him. But again, he was just so lovely. His assistants were really lovely as well. We just got on so well together talking about various things in fact one of the assistants you know said if you're in california please you know look me up fantastic uh but herb was just so on the ball and so friendly he kind of likened me to a young Mandy patinkin the the actor who did the princess bride he, he seemed to think i had a, a a look like him i mean i've been told i look like various people over the years <laughs> um you know all sort of a, <laughs> little little elements, if you like, of, of various actors, but that that was really lovely. But he was just so nice, and I'd mentioned to him that I, I'd be thrilled to get a shot or two from the shoot. It would mean so much. And uh, again, you would think you'd, you'd like to have got his autograph, but then that's so difficult because the they were not developed at that stage. You'd taken the the photographs but then they had to be all cleared by warner brothers i suppose and then two two appeared that, that i'd done which was the um well actually there was there were several no i tell a lie i had i had one that was with uh batsuit wrangler william todd jones where we did the same kind of pose and then i had the prayer one which i developed that was my own sort of uh edition and then I did a full and a sort of a half three quarter of me standing behind the Batmobile. But oh, we, 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 we were exploring so many different poses and looks. I would love to have seen, had seen the contact sheets from that session to have known what else there, there was. But uh, they were the ones that they really kind of favoured, which that hero pose uh, behind the Batmobile, which, which I love. Um, and it just sort of showcases me as as a as a dancer because I think what hopefully people can see from that is is that that's a very upright pose without being stiff or, or starchy. It's strong, but it's also very elegant. You know how I've got the cape positioned and and, and everything else. I'm, I'm feel it projects so many different parts of the character. Oh, definitely. You know, I, I, I've seen some of the ones posted online, you know, which to our listeners, if I haven't mentioned yet, that's kind of how, you know, I've found you, Carl, is we're in the same Facebook group. So, um, <laughs> you know, and you're, you're fairly active, you know, online. And so I've, you know, enjoyed reading your posts, you know, with the commentary about production and then, um, 
you know, I listened to both the Bat Force interview and the superhero stuff you should know interview, which for our listeners, I will have those linked below. Um, Fantastic. But to that, to that end, I wanted to ask, you know, how did you get involved with the Bat fan community? Yeah. You know, again, what I feel with this, which is a new chapter in my life, is is that everything just seemed to come along so beautifully. Really, I it was it was when COVID was at its sort of height, if you like, and I was getting home. I I had also within my background, I sort of grew up on a farm uh, near to my late parents' home. It, it wasn't my farm or my family's farm, but it was almost like a second family to me because I'd, I'd been brought up around nature as well. That's something very key to me as a, as a person. And I, I'd done this and I was actually looking after part of that business for this family who were very, very successful. And I, I was taking school trips around and educating them about the, the field to fall and also with animals and I was also helping people that were isolating, make sure they were getting food deliveries and all these different things if they were older people. Because I, I used to like looking after the things that we grew or we had locally sourced as well. And so that was that was a lovely part of my life. And when I used to get home, I, I would be just doing a little bit of, of looking and, and searching and I suddenly was seeing my photograph and things. It was all like the stars were aligned again and were saying, oh, Carl, you know, and I was looking into that more. And then I started to see this wiki fandom site. I started contributing there. And lovely guy who who I've got to thank so much for giving is a catalyst, is a Kevin Rosenberg. He he said, you're, you're the missing link. We've, we've been looking for you. And I was like, wow. And this sort of that then set this chain of, of reaction where he then introduced me to Sean Reeves, Reeves FX, you know, this amazing costume maker. And then he put me in touch with Batforce Tom, Tom Delgado. And, and then we, we managed to arrange to have that very first interview, which, which kind of really catapulted me really into the, the, the Bat fan, fan world, you know, the Bat fan community. And I, I felt that just everything from then on just built up. I mean, Sean Reeves was great. He, he put some photos of me on Twitter um, and that really kind of set things escalating and this tre- tremendous momentum and then all these other things have followed along and I, I love to help others I mean I love to to it's like doing this show Scott it's just so great to share these stories and, and to hopefully inspire and motivate others who, who may want to to do things in their life whether it be performing or just anything it is just is being very passionate and, and being, you know, it, it's all there for you to, 
to be able to tap into. And, and like with me, I've always immersed myself in a variety of things. Say nature's been very important to me, but some travel, meeting people, helping them, trying to inspire them. I've, I've done that a lot. I've given other dancers work over the years when a choreographer has asked me or, or whatever it might be. There was a guy, Daniel Dockery, who... who writing a book and then we had quite a lengthy chat together so that I could help his research and things. I think it's always lovely to help others as well, you know, to, to help them on a, on a journey to, to, to inspire, as I say. So this is where it's all happened. And then another, so many other fantastic things have happened where I've worked with this brilliant artist called Dennis Baptiste who did a, a portrait shot for me and he's also done this latest one. I've worked with an amazing graphic designer called Cole Watkins who, you know, these are such kind people that have not only given their time but they've created the most amazing things for me. So he's helped me with some designs for, for T-shirts. It's, it's a fun thing because I'm... I love design myself. I love photography. I also want things to be so right, you know, if, if you're doing anything. He's helped me with some shots. Uh, he's done an, another amazing thing, which uh, people will see in due course, um, which he's created for me. And then working with Sean, where he's replicated the 89 suit and uh, we've done, I've had the test suit that was sent to me and I've been doing some shots with that with a, with a talented photographer, Shane Hicks. Uh, I'm also planning to come to America. If not before, I'd love to start doing some shows and things. We're waiting on that. But I'll be coming out late summer to do another shoot with the Batmobile, hopefully, and uh, the finished suit, the, the, the replicated 89 suit which will be amazing. So they're just great things. I, I, I'll carry on doing these wonderful things. It's it's funny you mentioned that because I was reading, you know, in one of your posts, you had the uh, something along the lines of Ballet Bat will fly again. And I was going to ask <laughs> you about that, but, <laughs> yeah. but there we go. So, oh, wow. Well, that's, that's the plan is, is to, I, I would so love to, I think where it's coming from, Scott, as well, is that there was a, a really weird scenario, if you like. Uh, I'd gone to the rap party when, when we, we wrapped the 89, and I'd gone to a fantastic rap party, which was at this amazing club in London called The Limelight. I, I don't think it's still going, but it was one of the places to go. It had just an amazing following. And it was very gothic as well, so it was ideal. The, the architecture just lent itself to doing a Batman rap party. And uh, I was there, and I hadn't been there so long when Tim Burton came over to me, the lovely guy that he is, and he said, I really want to thank you for this wonderful contribution that you've made on this movie. And I was, I was very touched by that. And then started to carry on by saying have you ever been to america and i said i hadn't and and just at that point somebody else came into the equation and me being so polite 
not wanting to leave anybody out. I, I just sort of acknowledged that person. But, but it seemed to take a bit of the energy away uh, and that moment seemed to be lost. I mean, you, you can rewind this in your mind and think, well, if Tim really wanted it to happen or, or whatever it might be. But I think he was sort of gunning for almost like my availability for the returns for the sequel. And uh, we all thought when we did that first one, because they spent so much money on cre creating Gotham City and everything else, that it, it was a definite that they would come back to Pinewood, do the sequel, and then Bob's your uncle would be there again and, and because of the team and everything else. But I was doing other castings. I was going up for some other movies like Judge Dredd and uh, Eyes Wide Shut and other things that were coming along and, and going to various parts of Europe to do, you know, there's some fantastic shows that, that we use some incredible props and, and design, if you like, for, for these shows abroad. They, they were amazing, brilliant um, choreographers. And you get caught up, don't you, in in everyday world and doing your work and, and keeping busy. And, and lo and behold, then there's like a year or so many years can slip by. But I was keeping in touch with the wardrobe department and, and they were they were letting me know. And, and it just seemed then when I did finally get to know properly about returns that it was too late. I think I tried to, to get through Tim's office in California, whatever it is. But it was just too late. It, 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 those decisions had been made. But I think that's another very, very interesting story because people have been very kind and they've said, we missed you in that car. There was something missing. Yeah, it was a great sequel. It, it was great that it was made in, in America. Warner Brothers, you know, had a, a whole different take to the first one. But it was very nice. I don't think they were just saying it just to make me feel better, but I, I think they genuinely felt that there was something missing from that movie with the, with the fluidity. And another person said, now, why haven't they brought you in? Because I have given advice to, I remember giving Barbara Hershey advice with some dance on a movie. You know, I've done these other kind of things, but they they said, why didn't you, why were you not asked to come and, and, and give some input? You know, because you were one of the few that, that won the original suit, you, you could have been invaluable, but... You just you just can't say, Kenny. It's just one of those. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll never know. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, to that effect, there is definitely a very different vibe in returns. You know, from you know eighty nine. You know, there the feel yes. and everything is. You know, you you can notice it. So yes, and I think what I did was was what is missing so much now in in later movies is that the Batman eighty nine was very organic. You, we did it all ourselves. There was there was no real trickery or, or those kind of special effects, if you like. It was physically done, and that that it's quite an incredible feeling when you've actually carried that out yourself. You know, you've not relied on CGI or whatever else. I mean, we realised that things march on, move on rapidly. 
rapidly. But I think that's why the 89 still carries this feeling. You know, it's like the suit. We know the suit's been streamlined and materials have changed and, and they've, they've managed to get more movement in, in the neck or whatever it might be. But there's still a lot of people that prefer the look of the 89 suit. You know, yeah. to them it's a proper muscle suit. It's 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 got that, and, and maybe in the flash, there's still elements of the original suit in a sense, you know, sort of a presence. Maybe don't know, but we're all we're all dying to see that, aren't we? And yeah, to see what Michael's like. Well, I think the thing too is you know with technology changing everything, I think everyone's got their preference of what the suit looks like. I know on my end, I like the. You know, I guess organic is a good word for it. the less techy the suit looks, you know, to me, the more yes. the more to me that feels like Batman. Once you start adding weird, you know, different yes. pads and mechanical things to the suit and it looks closer to <laughs> Iron Man, then I kind of move away. Yes. But I did actually on that end want to ask you, you know, you know, since 89, there's been a whole bunch of Batman movies. Um do you ever pay attention to Batman's movements, you know, in any of the following films? Is that something you ever like look at or kind of go, hmm, you know, and, and have <laughs> thoughts about? Yeah, because I, I think there can be this, um, you know, Christian Bale, you know, or, or Affleck, you know, this building the body. And, and you know, I've, I've been to do a lot of acting classes as well because I wanted to do more acting as well with my life. And we, we realised that for actors, you know, the physical training is, is very good as well. And, and for certain movies, I mean, what was very interesting was I used to go to a fantastic health club and Daniel Day-Lewis was uh, training in the same gym. I used to see him very close quarters. He, he was training for Last of the Mohicans. So he, he, he got a personal trainer. And we realise these things go on a lot, don't they, with those kind of movies where the torso needs to be displayed or if you need to look good in the, in the costumes like these superhero movies, uh, whatever. But it's, it's not a case of just doing that. I, I think where I was able to, to shine in my way was that, you know, it's, it's great having big muscles or whatever, but you need to have you need to have the movement, you need to have the fluidity, the flexibility, and that's why you know I've watched these ballet dancers over many many years. I mean, one of my favourites was Mikhail Baryshnikov, uh, phenomenal, probably one of the best ever dancers um, out there. Having that fluidity is so key. So yes, when I when I watch these other movies you can't just get that fluidity from just doing tons of weights and, and everything else and so that gets missed in my in my book that really gets missed because yeah probably people love seeing that beef you know love seeing that that kind of muscle form but but for me I've, I've always been someone who's admired the, the balance you know because dancers the better dancers. I mean, Patrick Swayze had a very good physique without being massive, you know. So I, I'm always one to favour 
you know, and I've said to uh, cosplayers and various people, if you can, do some, or if they're doing fan movies, another guy who's doing one, uh, he reached out to me and I said, look, do some, don't just do weights, do, do some yoga, do some dance if you can. It's just fantastic. You know, it'll bring in a whole different feeling to to your movements. To, to And also, you know, you can stand so lovely as well without standing like a, you know, you're doing a Mr. Universe or whatever. Yeah. You know, you want to have, you, you want to have that balance. Uh, and I think that's why, you know, dance to me is just fantastic. You know, when it's, when it's used, um, it's a wonderful creative thing. So I, I think yes. Just going back to, to what you said, Scott. That yeah, I, I, I look, I look, not being funny, and I look, and I, I just don't see that element. Well, and and you know, there's something you just said too. You know, it is that's actually that's well, not actually, but that is really good advice in terms of you know saying the cosplayers or people making fan films or whatever they're doing to, you know, overlook, you know, the, the, just the muscles, you know, move on yes. to the movement. That yeah. is, you know, yeah. because it does, you know, you see the difference. I mean, yeah. all the work you did in, in 89 and the, how you helped craft that look and feel for how, what Batman looks like for, you know, a lot of people like it, it shows. So well, thank yeah. you so much. And and I think it, it, it's just also, you can look at, I mean, look how, it's a totally different physique, but look how amazing Bruce Lee was. Uh, yeah. And he, he's just the epitome of efficiency with muscles without being restricted. Yeah, because you can you can get restricted if, if you do. I mean, and that, those things can, can lend themselves to a, certain character that, that doesn't need to display same fluidity you know it could be a thor character or, or whatever it might be where they just got to look incredibly muscular and strong and, and that's it but i think if you want some grace and elegance and fluidity there i think if you can get the dance in there as well especially for batman because he is and also, I mean, Spider-Man is just so lithe and so so mobile, so efficient. You, yeah. you just want to you just you do you just need a nice shape, a good athletic shape without being overdone in, in my book. The last question I have for you, it's a super hard one. <laughs> Where can Bat fans find you online? Oh wow, that's a very hard one. <laughs> I appreciate that. Well, I've got these two Instagram accounts, and we very fortunately said my my nickname didn't be the the name I was given by Jack and, and Michael, which is uh, so they can find me on Ballybat nineteen eighty nine, and I also have another site which is Ballybat underscore collective 1989 and that will give fans people a, a chance if if they would love a signed photograph or a t-shirt uh, i've got also some original comic books that uh, covers uh, well they're, they're the whole thing but they uh, they've been signed by dave lee the 
martial arts, uh, stunt double and weapon myself, they're available. And I've got a new uh, portrait taken by Dennis Baptiste that uh, it's got a limited edition poster or a print from that. It's, it's just something I, I love to do. I mean, I what was interesting on the Bat Force interview, and it came up again in the superhero stuff, stuff you should know, was they, they looked at this Kenner toy that, that had more of a, a resemblance to me, I think, than Michael. And uh, I'll give the game away, but, but there's something very interesting down the line. It's it's not it's not the whole thing, but I think it's something people will be intrigued by. Um, but it's it's just wonderful to be able to be involved in something that I'm very proud of and, and really encapsulates that whole thing, whether it might be a Herbert still or a movie still or something that's been created, it, it, it kind of showcases and sort of highlights that whole thing for me, which I'm immensely proud of, which, you know, I, I think, sadly, my contributions and things had been suppressed, covered over. And it's really in these last two, three years, if you like, that the lid has been lifted and people said, you just didn't realise, just did not realise how much you'd done, Carl, and that you did this publicity as well and everything like that. And, and it's just been cathartic and, and, and just everything in one to, to be able to say, well, I'm not trying to blow the fanfare all the time, but it, it's just been lovely to say, well, actually, yes, I, I did do that, and, and it's lovely for people to know the truth. You know that that that, that wasn't just one person, or, or someone else was taking the credit. No, that that was definitely me, and I was given what I loved about Chris Kenny, who was the uh, executive um, on, on that movie, was that he he gave me a separate credit. He gave me the movement double away from the larger category of stunt performers. And I thought, well, that was that was really lovely in its own way, that he was able to separate me, say, well, yes, that was you, Carl. That's what you brought to this movie. And, and it's lovely to let everybody know. It is. And I mean, you know, kind of circling back to the beginning of the conversation, that, you know, it was kind of mentioned earlier when you were talking about, you know, you, Sean, Dave, you know, you all brought, your own skills and things to this movie and you layered them onto the character to turn Batman into, you know, the larger in life figure he is. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It was, it was a, a lovely amalgamation, wasn't yeah. it? Of everything. Um, I think Michael did incredibly well. He's, he's a terrific actor and, and you could never see anyone other than him really, because he got the voice. He, he his eyes are so fantastic that that cerebral way of acting where he's got it all there, hasn't he? And it was the best Bruce Wayne as well. I think it, it just made it so accomplished, that, that whole character. Uh, I mean, it was a luxury, really, to have three other guys as well, wasn't it? On, on yeah. a movie like that. <laughs> really incredible. Well, thank you, Carl, for joining me. You know, it's been a real pleasure 
Um, and as a Batman fan, as well as a big 89 and returns fan, this chat has kind of been monumental. So Bless. for our listeners, for our listeners, I'll say, please find Carl online. I will have the links below. Um, and also please check out our comic reviews, podcast episodes and features at the batmanuniverse.net. Been an absolute pleasure, Scott. Thank you so much for inviting me on. And, and uh, it's, it's wonderful to be given this opportunity and, and lovely for the fans to know a lot more as well and with that we hope you enjoyed this latest special TBU interview that we had for you guys uh, as always be sure to check out our website thebatmanuniverse.net for all kinds of news original content reviews other podcasts all related to the Batman universe including aspects related to movie TV merchandise video games comics and everything else related to the Bat fandom be sure to check us out on social media we are on Twitter Facebook Instagram Discord YouTube you can find all of our social links at the top of the page over at thebatmanuniverse.net if you are interested in getting in touch with us, leave a comment wherever you're listening to this, or you can send us an email at tbu at thebatmanuniverse.net. With all that being said, thank you so much for listening to this episode, and we will see you guys next time.